Hello, I am Amber. I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with us. Trigger warning, this episode contains discussions of sexual assault and rape. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How the heck are you? I am good. I am good. Welcome, everybody, to the season two finale of Politics But Make It Fashion come chat with us and this will also be chelsea's last episode with us on the podcast so are you just gonna say that right at the beginning of the episode you're just gonna like yes, throw it out Chelsea, there like that? yes because i've had dms okay <laughs> because i've had dms some people sliding into your dms yes. they well they're asking about where you're going like why aren't you here anymore <laughs> well that makes me feel really nice especially with my unpopular opinions people want to hate but you all know you're going to miss them, period. So what have you been doing? We haven't been on here in the past couple of weeks. Um, I've been under the weather. Um, we had, over here on our side of things, we had a lot going on. Um, me and baby were in a car, pretty bad car wreck. So my car was totaled. And so that's been kind of a whole thing, recovering emotionally, physically, and stuff from that. And um, Girl, are not we feeling- about car wreck? Like, what's happening? Like, are we not, are we not talking about it? Girl, okay, so, like, Because I asked you about it, you didn't say anything, and I was like, maybe we're not talking about it. <laughs> it's too soon. This young man, okay, with his ID still up this way, okay, he was a, no a child. No way. <laughs> so there's an intersection that is stupidly made, and there's always accidents there, and he turned into traffic. Um, when I had the right away, he couldn't see me. I couldn't see him. So we hit each other um, when he okay. turned in. It wasn't my fault. Um, poor, like he was, I felt bad for him, you know? So now just dealing with insurance and not having a car and like also being not really wanting to drive at all. Yeah. Like, like I'm traumatic. kind of over it. Yeah, I, I get well, real and I also feel like dealing with insurance, like we're still not old enough to be dealing with insurance. Like we're almost well, I don't 40, know what like I'm doing. we are not. <laughs> I don't, do they know what they're doing? I, I don't girl, know. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. I'm calling, I, I talked to the other little boys insurance yesterday and it was like kind of helpful, but I'm still kind of like, okay, that doesn't really, I still don't know what to do. <laughs> You're like, thank you for that. Also, I don't know what that means. Like, now what? Yeah. Girl. So there's so there's that. And the reason we're talking about that is because, like, so the accident wasn't my fault. And so everyone is like, oh, my God, well, you should be getting a brand new car because they're just going to cut you a check for your car and, like, you'll be on your way. And so I'm like, okay, cool. That makes sense. But no, just kidding, everybody. Um, If you have a car loan, like most of us all do, then it goes to your loan. It doesn't go to you. So it pays off your loan or doesn't pay off the whole loan. Who knows? Because that's that's up to them. And then you're kind of just like, if you want to then, I guess, move forward, you can like sue the person. You can sue like their insurance company. Um, but I don't think it's that simple. I'm not Then that's kind of where it is. And I'm not sure like what's happening 
with that right now. So that is so stressful. And I feel like, like you said, even just like emotionally going through a wreck, like your nerves are shot and then having to deal with like insurance, anything girl. Girl. Yeah. So this is, but you know what? This is character building. Your character is going to be rock motherfucking solid after this. Like, who's going to be able? Like, there's going to be anything you can't do. Right. Like, oh, there's a way to handle it. Let me just tell you. Right. Oh my gosh, girl. So then that's so that's it, and then it's (laughs) it's summer. So me and baby have been, you know, just doing little different stuff here and there, going to music festivals, going to little events around the area. You guys are always doing some fun. Yeah, so that we went to this, um, it was called Burning Roses Music and Arts Festival here. So shout out to them. It was all women, like women-led band or women, most of the people in the band were women. Um, so women musicians, artists, vendors and stuff. It was really cool. Um, kind of like a punk scene and stuff so we had a good time Jacqueline likes to watch I feel like you can totally see you going to like burning roses like I'm at the burning roses concert (laughs) well that's so great do you when does um baby go back to school after labor day what about you girl next week I assumed after labor day that's what I assumed because I feel like that's the logical decision to send somebody back to school because aren't Um, you guys going on vacation in October. Oh. oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was like around Labor Day or anything. No. I mean, we go down the shore on Labor Day, but like, that's why I was like, oh yeah, like Tuesday, the fifth or whatever, or what day is that? Yeah, Tuesday. I think it's the fifth. We they would go back to school. No, they're going back to school the 29th that's for stupid. three half days. Girl, I can't stand okay, it. Okay, so it makes me so mad. It's so like, so guys, I just need to know school people. Hi. Um. Who's making this? Because first of all, when you do the, the half days, you know that now we can't work. Like, I don't know what kind of job you think everybody's having, but when it's half days like that, somebody has to drop them off and pick them up three hours later. Well, and that's Who's what I'm saying. I, I, well, okay. And now I rely heavily on my family. Yeah. They're going on vacation. So they're they not even going to be, they're going to be like, in in the middle of nowhere like not even close to here so now i have to take a day off work my husband has to take a day off work and then i have to take a half day it's like a lot more difficult for my husband to take off work than it is for me to take off work but i'm like i'm like listen we got to get through these three days and they're the first three days of school so it's not like i don't i want her to go but i'm like and that's what and that's the issue honestly and for me sometimes i'll i'll end up not even doing a half day for her because it's easier to like take her to grandma's for the whole you know what I mean or something yeah. or like set up child care so that the whole day or I'm just gonna be home the whole day because the whole day. it's yeah it's too chaotic to try I hate when they do the half day things like it's just ugh. girl I know the one day I was able to like schedule my work around the school but I'm like okay even that is so minute what I'm doing because it's like Okay, I have to drop her off at 8.40, and then I have to be back there by 11.30, because again, at 11.45, parking lot's this big. If I have any hopes of getting her on time, I got to be there 15 minutes early. It's like a whole thing. But, yeah. and then, and then they're off on Friday, off on Monday, back to school on Tuesday, full day. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, why are we even playing any of these games with, like... Right, right. And you know, yeah. all the mom-ups and pop-ups are on vacation that week, going yeah. into Labor Day. Right. I can't. So I'm gonna right. start to sound bitter, but <laughs> it's frustrating. 
It's no, hard. it is. It's, it's because the system is set up to have one parent at home and one parent working. It's set up for a two parent household. So if you live in a household that's two parents and both of you work, stressful. And then if you're a single parent, it's like, you know, how are you even going to try to figure that out and stuff? So, well, and I looked into like the aftercare program at the YMCA by me. Girl, first of all, the reviews are scathing, but it's not like, you know how like you look at reviews and you're like, you have one person that you just can't please, but everybody else is happy. The whole, like the whole way, there's like yeah. 400 some odd reviews. They're horrible, specifically about the childcare. And then also I know someone who's like, yeah, I took my kid out of there because they have a kid in there who's cussing everybody out, smacking oh. everybody. Which I'm heartbroken because he's obviously trying to Obviously in However, pain. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then, like, they can't. They're not equipped. They're, like, 18-year-olds. They're not equipped to deal with yeah. a child who's emotionally struggling. So then all the kids just kind of have to deal with it. So I'm, like, and then also, too, I, I'm, like, I can't even afford the child care at the Y. Right. So what am I supposed right. to do? Girl, right. it's, it's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. I don't know what the answer is. And then it's kind of like, okay, then I, I don't know what the answer is either, but I just want to say to all of our listeners out there, when people are having these conversations about people being on welfare or getting assistance and not working, this is a conversation that they're having because stuff is so expensive. Like Chelsea's saying at the Y, you're making a decision to either not have your kids there because, or not work so that you're the ones home with your kids. Like, it's just, it's such, um. It's so nuanced and there's no like right or wrong answer. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it and try to figure it out. It's really, it's kind of unsustainable and it's unfair for people. And so people really make the decision to like, well, I'm not going to work because if I start working, I lose my benefits and then I can't afford childcare right off the bat anyway. You know, like I had a friend who was, who that happened. She had a great job at um, FedEx but they kept they kept putting her on like third shift so she wasn't able to be there for her kids to try to get up in the morning to catch the bus and different stuff like that and she had to make the decision to like leave, leave her job so that she could make sure that her kids were getting back and forth to school on time and everything it's 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 ridiculous it's well and you know what i think is really crazy two things one like first of all literally it's none of your business. So if you have something negative to say about somebody wow. who's on a sentence, do you have any clue? You probably don't. Second of <laughs> all, probably don't talk about what you don't know about. Just saying. And then also, I feel like, not to hate on America, girl, but I feel like America... No, hate on America, girl. <laughs> Jesus, she, America, you in danger, girl. Girl, I feel get like... it together. Sign up. I feel like... In other countries, I don't know about every other country, but I know in like the UK and like Norway, Denmark, those countries are set up to have some sort of like grace on the mom. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like they see the value of like, oh, the family unit, like, yes. like the mother being yeah. there for her child. Where like America, I feel like I hear about jobs like that and you think like, oh, why can't you just get a job from now? Let's think about this. Let's think about this realistically. Because it's not going to be. It's right. not going to be get a job from nine to three when the school hours are because you got to no, drop because off at 840. Yeah, no, Jacqueline get... has to be there at 810 before 810. And then she gets out by, I have to be there by two. Right. Some days so, 150. So. Yeah. so that's what I'm saying. So it's like, you have to 
really think about getting a job probably closer to like 9 30 in the morning and be be done if it's local by 2 30 so you have a five what is that a five hour shift you have a five hour shift and then when when your daughter girl my school does it too every wednesday is a, like they get out earlier that, yeah when yeah. you have a day like that minus tuesday <laughs> so, but then i feel like you have these I, I don't know. I haven't heard of a ton. I feel like it's way more common for companies to be super stringent and like unacceptable. You have to be here, you know, six hours or eight hours, or they'll give you a four hour shift and they'll pay you $9 an hour, which after taxes, you owe money. And, then and now I feel you don't like, have insurance. You do, no, you don't have yeah. insurance. At the, what? You don't have insurance at those jobs. And then yeah. if they do kind of give you leeway, then they demand your whole life on the weekends. So then you still don't have childcare. You're still not spending time with your child. Girl. Well, and then if you have a job where you, so I was looking at jobs where I would work at night or on the weekends because then I wouldn't have to deal with the school schedule. She would be home or I'd have to take her somewhere. It was so expensive that at the end of the month, I ended up owing $12. If I, like when I calculated it all out to work weekends somewhere and work like nights. Um, and it it was, and I was like, so I might as well just not do it because there's not enough. I would be owing the childcare people, you know, that much money or whatever. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's so difficult. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) so that's what I'm so bitter about school starting. I mean, I am excited, but I'm like, it's so hard. And you can't like ask another mom. You can't be like, oh, can you like grab? Because it's like, you can't trust anybody. No, okay. People tell me that. They're like, no, why we- don't you ask other moms? Or like, why don't you don't have anybody else who can watch her? And I'm like, first of all, I, ha- I actually do have a little bit of mom friends. Like, at, I, mean, I chat and stuff like that. Not everybody's super friendly. You don't know everybody. And other people have shit to do as well. And it's not like people are really open to say like, hey, guys, you know, at the PTA, hey, I'm a whole, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. If you guys need help, like, I'm available. Nobody's really doing that. So who are you asking? No. Who? Yeah. Like, well, and if you do ask somebody, it's weird. They're like, and I have, girl, I have one mom friend and she is really great. I would never ask her. I would never be like, yo. And like, we're cool. I would never be like, girl, I'm 30 minutes late. Can you keep my child? I feel like it would still be weird. She'd be like, and then also too, like, you don't know. Again, you don't know. Nobody knows anybody. You can't trust anybody anymore. Yeah, I yeah. sound really dramatic and I sound really negative, but that's how I feel. It's hard. It's really hard. No, it really, really is. It is. I'm having one kid. I'm having no more kids. I'm having no more kids unless I become independently wealthy. I'm also almost forty, so you know. <laughs> I just oh, God, we're um no, we're not. What was it? We're spinsters. women of a certain age. From women of a certain age. <laughs> I feel good about that. Women of a certain age. Oh my gosh. All right, guys. So we wanted to talk about the movie Sound of Freedom. Um, We're a little late on the uptake, guys, because I had a lot of stuff going on. But we wanted to... car accident and everything. Right. We wanted to kind of talk about the movie and more importantly, talk about child trafficking and human trafficking, labor trafficking, sex trafficking. Like, there's so many different types of trafficking, whether it's kids babies, teenagers, adults, um, older people um, get trafficked a lot for like domestic workers, nannies and different things like that. 
So, um, yeah, so we both watched the movie and we wanted to talk about it and then kind of like talk about our takeaways and like how we wanted to impact this, like what we wanted to do kind of going forward. So the movie came out and it's starring Jim Caviezel, Jesus, okay, who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. He is a beautiful man. So I just want to start off by saying that because um, there is a lot of controversy about this movie, but he's such a good actor and his eyes are really intense. Somebody said you could see the pain in his eyes. And I was like, because he was Jesus, and he was like on the cross and he was struck by lightning two times. <laughs> nobody could ever, nobody could ever play Jesus but Jim. But Jim. Love him. So the movie is roughly based on a true story about a man who left his government job and wanted to focus full time on going overseas and rescuing kids and being able to kind of be on the ground to help kids. He felt like his job wasn't doing enough. So he wanted to kind of go out and do more. And the man had a lot of kids. Didn't he have like seven kids? Six kids. He had, he had a lot of kids. He had a lot of kids. <laughs> and we're, we're complaining about one kid, guys. One he's but got I think a stay at home wife. I was going to say his wife mom. stayed home. Yeah. His That's wife stayed home. So it's fine. So what did you think about the movie? So I really. I, okay, I have to like organize my thoughts because I feel like every time I bring it up, I have like a lot of emotion attached to it. So there's, to be honest with you, there's parts that are like, I think a little bit cheesy. Oh my God, wait, when he was like, what did he say? All of God's children need saving something or. <laughs> oh, I didn't think that part was cheesy. He said God's children are not for sale. I was like, period. No, wait, is that, period. It was just the way it was like, yeah, God's like children are not. And I was like, okay, Jim, relax. There were, you know, there like, were some moments like that, but then, and then, but then like overall, I felt like the movie was well done. The thing I actually did a lot, like a deep dive into it because of the, like, how it was like becoming controversial and I was like wait how how is this in any way shape or form controversial um and I you know you guys are going to hear my unpopular opinion but I also feel like factually there's a lot of people involved with trafficking and they make a lot of money on it so of course like they're going to be like and a lot of those people that are making money off of it are millionaires billionaires so of course they have a lot of say about what the media says but anyway I looked into the stories they were telling to kind of be like, is this fake? Is this made like, what is the, and this, the main, there's like an overarching story, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of different snippets in that one story from a lot of the cases that he's worked. I think it was like four or five. It kind of encompasses four or five different stories. So the overall story isn't exactly like a true story but like there's like a lot of snippets in there that like they tried to cover as many cases as they could in there while it still made sense to the movies there's there's definitely like some fiction in there or whatever but the movie i thought did a great job of like first of all bringing awareness because a lot of the things that i saw after the fact of the movie people were like i didn't know that this was like an actual thing what do you, and I'm like, like what me and you this, had talked about that give me an example like what do you mean this is you... like second only to the drug trade and people literally americans all over the country were like yeah. wait this actually happens 
yeah second only to fentanyl like (laughs) this like happens all the time and so like so people were just so shocked I saw people like really really moved by it because I think the movie is difficult to watch yeah yeah like like we were going and like you know when you go to I never go to the movies anymore so we were like oh my gosh do we get snacks and I'm like probably not I don't think anybody's gonna be able to eat through this like this is it's very disturbing and they take you in the movie right on the edge to where like like you know what's gonna happen but they obviously don't fully show it's it's very disturbing it's very difficult to watch but it is something that happens all the time yeah yeah. um to these to these literal so i i read that somebody so remember when that movie cuties came out about the girl dancers anyway it was a whole thing but it was controversial because it sounds controversial well because of the way they depicted the girls but it was based based on what's really happening to them and how they're hypersexualized and different things. But I was going to say is that you have in the movie, I think they did do a good job of kind of like showing what happens um, to them, even just by like pictures or, or film and silence. And they did a lot by silence where nobody's talking. I love movies. Um, I love bad movies. I love good movies. I love stupid movies. So for me, watching a movie is always going to be like, I can always take it and love the art experience behind it. Even if I feel, even if the message is weird or whatever, but I think they did a great movie, a great job with this, especially on the budget that they had and having an actor like Jim Caviezel be in there is good. And I do think that they showed a lot of what could happen in the realities of it my biggest issue is kind of like like you said there's a lot of people who don't know about trafficking and they don't know how serious it is but i think it's one of those things where it's like rape where we have this big boogeyman and that's not normally the person who's doing it like we need to teach people the signs and what to look for and it's not just about being at target and watching your six and making sure that some guy's not following you around a grocery store, which happened to me before. But it's also, um, you know, online dating and getting into a relationship with somebody. You know, it's parents who are in the throes of addiction who are selling their kids. You know, it's Literally all these. Yeah, it's these little kind of areas. It's kids that are in foster care. It's foster parents pimping out their kids or letting people come do things. So there's so much stuff that's happening right underneath our noses. That's not always some foreign guy coming to steal your kids. And, and for me, that's kind of where I just get nervous. Cause I'm like, that's not all that's it. And a lot of little girls and stuff that are locally getting trafficked and things, they're not just being taken off the street in a van they're being groomed, they're being lured, and we need to teach people what to look for in that because that is how these things are really happening every single day, you know? Right. Well, and I think, think too, they did a good job at showing, like, in Colombia, where it took, well, I don't know if, like, the movie took place in Colombia, but it was, like, basically these, this, this real-life person who is yeah. actually still awaiting trial currently, um you she came from a literal what do they call it slum lore or slum town like it's a very very impoverished area in Colombia, and she became this beauty queen like this beautiful person so she was like beloved within her city 
and revered and just like, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like you're doing this incredible thing. You're like making your way in the, the beauty industry. And she kind of, well, she's being, she's being, she's awaiting trial because what they're finding out is that she used mm-hmm. her, her position to speak to a lot of these impoverished families to take their kids but like they don't have they don't all have tv they don't all have radio Mm -hmm. nobody's using a smartphone nobody has internet but these kids were like taken because basically she was like hey your kid has a shot just like i did yeah hey i was poor just like you're poor and now look what i'm doing so she this is like a real story she took all these kids and she's selling them she yeah. took them for like a photo shoot and then the parent again the parents are more naive because they're not constantly overloaded with tiktok and information all this stuff so the kids were and taken, i think a lot whatever. of i think a lot of parents are actually really like that anyway because i i don't know if you remember that story about the the girl who is like being abused and raped like in her own home and the guy was like raping her in the house because the parents liked him and he was going to their church and they were all like hanging out it was like a whole thing but so many of these stories are somebody comes into your life and influences not the the kids but the parents and builds a relationship with the parents and has even maybe an inappropriate relationship with the parents and then is able to come because she came in she built the trust with the parents first you know hey this is me this is you know and there's still agencies out there who are using modeling to get kids who are using beauty pageants and flyers and different things and kids are coming home saying hey you know I found this guy and he said he wanted to take pictures of me like you know is it okay if me and my friend go to do the and to do that and boom that's a way to get into being trafficked that's not necessarily getting kidnapped like right off the street and that's I mean that lady and the thing about that lady too is I wonder if she was groomed growing up and was a victim because you don't at least I personally feel like you don't just all of a sudden are like 20 years old and like hey I'm gonna start stealing kids like if that was your life as a kid and now you know as an adult you're still a victim and you're still entwined with that and people might say well why doesn't she leave or why can't she get away or why doesn't she stop she's so brainwashed and broken down at that point that you know kind of you know stockholm syndrome now she's doing it to to other people with that. well and you know what too i feel like maybe she was victimized or maybe she was victimized in like once she got into the talent shows like yeah, who yeah. knows what they did or maybe she got a taste for money you remember she she's coming from people don't fully understand i know people personally who have been in desperate times Mm -hmm. and they will go farther than anyone and i don't think we can fully understand unless we understand when i say these people are desperate to us we're like oh desperate desperate to get a nail appointment like she's been in a desperate situation like when you're poor and you're hungry there's a lot more you're willing to do than Mm -hmm. what we might think is normal so who even knows too if she like realized like because the money this is a hundred and fifty billion dollar industry yeah so for her to even get a taste of the money that she was able to get like who knows but right. that was because you're talking about he going from living outside on the street to literally eating trash to now she has a home. She and has she's somebody. People, yeah, she has people yeah. taking care of her and all those things. And and the same is for here. Like we, you know, 
we talk about struggling and stuff like that, but we've never been in deep, deep poverty. Like there's people right. that live here. And so there are people who will sell their children or loan their children out or different things because they're in such de desperate situations. Not saying that that's right, but I don't think we'll ever fully grasp that type of poverty and that, then yeah. that type of desperation, you know, and I, and right. they're thinking, well, this, you know, you're going to sacrifice this 10 minutes of being with this person. And now I'm going to be able to buy us food, you right. know, and you know that yeah desperate times so i yeah. like that was that was one instance and i think that that speaks a lot to what the specific they base this character off of like the real person that you were talking about at the beginning um and i think that's what a lot of what he does he goes to a lot of these impoverished countries and yeah. sees a lot of that kind of like snatching of children or grooming of children and taken away um and he does he does work with cases in the united states too um where it is a little bit more I don't know what the, what you would call it. It's a little bit more like, oh my gosh, it turns out to be freaking your next door neighbor's uncle that you thought was cool and was at your barbecue is actually taking yeah, advantage yeah. or, you know, or, or like, or college kids who are like realizing what you can do on the dark web and how much money you can make. Yeah, and you, yeah. we've talked about this before that um, there was a girl who was literally in high school and she was trafficked three years of her high school experience. And she went home every night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would pick her up in the middle of the night. They would rape mm -hmm. her. She would have to do whatever. They'd threaten to expose pictures of her and, like, label her as a slut. So yeah. she was literally a slave. But she was, like, with her family. She was, yeah. like, sleeping in her own bed. Like, crazy. So there's so many different avenues of it. But I feel like the story did, like, the movie did hit on, like, that kind of aspect of trafficking that yeah. you do see in more impoverished nations and like that actually happened with that beauty queen and then you also see a little bit a snippet of like this is like I'm probably gonna cry so I'm sorry if I get upset like in front of you guys but like when they also in the movie they um film them taking down a pedophile who was sharing um child sex abuse material online and like that's an actual person that he took mm -hmm. like that's an actual story that he was in and he had to like literally pretend like he was a pedophile too and like he was like, to catch this guy and to find yeah. out like where he was storing his material and it was like two million pieces of child sex abuse material and it was all archived like you would see yeah. it and like it was like yeah. beautifully archived two million pieces i have a rolodex okay i know i've got a rolodex and like like anyway so like i think they did a good job of that because that was something else too i i want to make sure that i'm saying like the right numbers but like with that i'm glad that they hit on that mm -hmm. in the movie too because we have seen a five thousand percent increase Ooh. in adolescent sex videos since 2018 5,000% increase. And America is the number one consumer of child sex abuse materials right here, mm. the US of A. So I'm glad that they kind of broached that. You, I, I, read, I was reading something about the states, like you can go by state of the highest concentrations. And a lot of them are like out, I think it was like Utah, Oregon and stuff. Like it's a lot the of them nowhere. are places that are really religiously repressed. 
and you know what I mean? And, and very stringent and stuff like that. And I don't know why guys, I don't, you know, but, and that's kind of the way it goes. But I, I think one of the things is about the criticism of this movie is people don't like, what's the guy's name? I'm, Cause I want to call him Jim Caviezel. Oh, Jim Caviezel. Wait, do you mean the, the officer, Tim Ballard? Yeah, Ballard. There we go. It's because people don't like him because he's kind of a douche a little bit. And I love uh, him. Um, I think he's I, awesome. Girl, but I well, also, you know, one thing they they really in the movie they like. I feel like it was. I mean, weird. in real life, not necessarily in, a, but some of the stuff that he says in real life and the stuff that he does and the way he goes about things. Oh, I like him. I so. mean, like in the video in the movie, they like kind of portrayed him as like this, like they were like worshiping him a little bit, and I was like, okay. And then in like all these all these interviews, he's like, please stop, like this is weird, like like I'm not. He's like me and my team, like please stop, but um. But yeah, like I and I it's it's crazy. It's crazy to see like some of the stuff that they brought to life that kind of brought to the view. It brought a ton of um what's the word? Realization, I feel like, to people, um, especially in our country with us being the number one consumer of this garbage. Um, so I'm glad that it brought whatever. I'm glad that it brought like a recognition of this craziness that happens all over the world, but it's also happening right here. And yeah, like, I'm glad that I like this one girl I watched. She's, I think she's like 19. She has six younger brothers and sisters. She was a wreck. She was like devastated. And she was like, I just saw the movie and I'm looking it up online because I couldn't, she couldn't believe the numbers. She was like, I don't believe this. Like, and so she's looking at the numbers and she was like, great the most the like the most effective way this happens is online for americans like the like american kids can get trafficked and pulled in groomed through online stuff and she's like every one of my siblings has an iphone like you know what i mean and like her parents aren't aware like you know what i mean nobody is thinking like oh someone's gonna lure my like what do you call that middle class suburban home child into Mm -hmm. like whatever so like it just raised awareness and i feel like i loved that and yeah. it is such a problem. It literally is second only to the drug trade. And I think about living where I live, there are, I live, I used to work about 15 minutes away from a specific place. It's basically like a skid row, except it's in Philadelphia. Um, and it's basically where addicts go to, to live. And it's like, nobody messes with them. And they in, call in, it Zombieland. Kensington. Yeah you'll literally walk through and you can't like there's trash everywhere there's people falling out in the street like it's like it literally looks like like the apocalypse happened and so like i i think of and i meet people all the time who have been so heavily affected by drugs and the drug trade and i have I had somebody specifically who was an addict, was in recovery and like literally ended up going back into it. Like just, it's, it's bad. So I see that all like on a consistent basis, like how rough the drug industry is. And I'm like, holy crap. And this thing is only second to that. Like it's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are the, are a big commodity. And like we said at the beginning, you know, when selling people makes a lot of money and you can sell people for so many different things. I mean, even down like adoptions, there's a, you know, black market adoptions where you're buying kids that are basically been trafficked and now you're, you're buying in them. And yet for you, the end result might be good, 
but that still doesn't take away from where those kids are coming from or, you know, domestic laborers. When I lived in Qatar, when I lived in the Middle East, um, I lived in Doha, my parents were contractors. There is an insane amount of slavery there. Um, you know, when they had what FIFA, the World Cup and stuff, one of the things they were highlighting was the amount of slavery that is still going on in a lot of Middle Eastern countries and people are trafficked to where people are like, um, they'll go over to the Philippines and get women and girls and promise them jobs. And whether it's domestic jobs, nannying jobs, um, working in a store, anything, modeling jobs. And, you know, they, they front the money for them and they bring them over to the Middle East and they take their passports and they set them up somewhere and basically they're stuck. Like, they either have to work off an insane amount of debt, but they're accumulating debt every single month because they're tacking on their living expenses, their food and all of that stuff. So technically you're never going to get out of that situation. And that's the same thing that they do here for people here. They bring them over to America. They promise them, Hey, you're going to work in a nail salon. They take their passport. They're charging them rent to, for their chair. They're charging them rent to live, all their food. So technically, they're never going to make enough money to be able to buy their passport back and get out of those situations. <clears throat> and then when these people are in a situation, they signed up for one thing, and now they could be put in a different situation. You could say, okay, I'm going to sign up for nails, and now you're working as an Annie and you hate kids. Or now you're in a house with abusers who are doing things to you and you know different things in it and it's just it's so prevalent and there, and it's so happens so often and you see it and I had met other I had met maids and domestic workers and stuff who were abused and raped by their people who owned them you know and who held their passports and people weren't allowed to have phones and were beaten and there's no controls over that and even the same as in America if you get a domestic worker through the same channels like that there's no avenues for that person. Who are they going to call? Immigration? Like, they probably don't even speak English. They're not, like, yeah. they don't have access to a phone. They don't have, and what are they going to tell you? Hey, you know, they brought me over here. Like, you know, um, so then kind of, like, what are the recourses for those people to even try to get out of those situations? Because you're just stuck. Where are you going to go if you don't have a passport, if you don't have an ID, if you don't really speak the language? You don't really, and there's places where they keep them, um, uh, almost naked to where you can't where are you gonna go like you're gonna run out the house in bra and panties because you're you know they're keeping you in a house so unclothed that you can't even go outside to keep you from stopping to be able to go outside and different things and it's it's terrible it, and the whole thing is just bad and when you add in foster care it's a whole like you know well, and that's that's actually something that he was speaking to, too. He didn't really I, I was watching the interview with Tim Ballard. I, he didn't speak to the number in America, but he said he's like he's like, I can't even give you a percentage of the studies because we're still looking into it. But he's like, it's about a 98 percent chance if you are in an orphanage in another country, you're going to be abused like sexually abused assaulted um used as workforce like labor force and those are in like trusted things like orphanages and like you're a little orphan what are you gonna do um all the things like all the ways that that can affect you and it, it's insane but um one thing they said in the movie that when i when i tell you i like had to control my sobs from coming out when he said this one of the guys was like yeah you know 
it's taking over the drug trade. And the guy was like, yeah, why sell a bag of dope one time when you can sell a five-year-old six, seven times a day, every day for the rest of their life? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, logistically, I have questions. I have questions. And guys, you're, you're our people. So I feel like you probably have similar questions. Now, these may be silly, but I wonder when they're selling these people, like they have to stink. They have to be full of diseases. They have to be dirty. Like who is going in there like to have sex with somebody on like a dirty mattress with, I don't know, maybe no protection. Like they're, they're cut up, they're burned, they're high, they're dirty, they're stinky. Like, I just, I don't understand. And I, maybe this is just my brain trying to like make sense of it. But logically, like what is appealing about that besides just the fact that it maybe is somebody who is not going to fight you. Like if, if, is that threshold? I think there's a lot of shame associated with it, even though they come off like monsters. When you're a grown man and you weigh 268 pounds and nobody wants you, I'm talking to you, you nasties. When nobody wants you, nobody thinks you're cute. You're not attractive. You, you have nothing to offer somebody. And on top of that, you like five-year-olds or three-year-olds, even one-year-olds. You're going to do what you got to do to get what you want. And I feel like, so I think that that might go to the mentality of like the kids are dirty, diseased, whatever. So I think that that might play. They're desperate to get whatever they want in whatever way they want. But I also Because when I was watching the movie, that's kind of what I was. I was like, who is going into this place and like... uh, like but touching, I also don't know that they, anything in there. I don't know that I don't know that they would also keep the I would think that they would want the kids to look like a certain type of way. I mean some places I'm sure are that yeah. they're probably more of like a brothel type where they're living there, they're able to shower and probably have a room. But even still, some of the places, like when I was in Thailand, uh some of the places that I had seen where like I'm talking about, where like there's a mattress on the floor, there's a girl naked on the mattress, you pull a sheet back and you walk in. And it's, and for me personally looking at it, I was like, I just don't, that, do you need some sanitizer? Like I wanted to shower. So in my head, logically, I'm just like, there's nothing appealing about this besides like maybe because she's just laying there and like just, yeah, girl, I could go on about, uh some stuff in Thailand that I we would have to talk about not on here <laughs> girl I can't even I can't even imagine but I feel like that it, I think that that especially especially when it would be like a, a a minor like a like a like a lot of like that's what they say too like the younger mm-hmm. the younger kids go for more money and they're like a hot commodity yeah. I'm gonna throw up, but like, but like, no, nah, girl, because I learned I something like... about babies how they like the babies because they have they still have that sucking motion in their mouth from nursing, and that took me out for weeks. Like, I I was done. I was like, no more internet, no more nothing. I can't. I'm not reading nothing. I'm I'm good. Yeah, that took because I because I cause, like I couldn't get it. Like I'm like okay, I don't understand. I don't I don't get it logically and physically how is this happening with a child and then I learned that and I was like fuck 
okay and now I wish I didn't know any of that yeah, I wish I didn't know any. that that's the thing I think that is super difficult about all of this and that's something that they actually say at the very end of the movie Jim Caviezel kind of addresses people this is ugly to talk about this is disturbing to think about this is overwhelming when you look at the numbers like well, even when I say like oh it's a 150 billion dollar business it's like that's just a number because it's so high um and you think of like two million pieces of child sexual abuse material like that's such a large number it becomes like it's almost like oh like two yeah. million like it's so well, when you think about how many like if you have you know four thousand pictures on your phone yeah like that, you know that's totally four thousand pictures and videos of of you know of babies and stuff yeah like that yeah and you I, it's it's insane to think of how horrifying it is and like literally like this is this is the thing like this is like the thing for me where I'm like okay this is what I'm losing sleep over this is what I'm struggling with this is what I'm like like laughing at lunch about and then remembering and then instantly like devastated and like it's just it's a horrible thing so I think a lot of times people don't talk about it in that sense because it's not pretty to talk about it's horrifying and then also too a lot of these they were doing a a poll on survivors and then they stopped the poll because they were like how many survivors are out here that won't even speak of it because it's like do do you want to talk about your uncle raping you do you want to talk about being abused at three years old? Like, do you even know that you were abused? Like, it's like such such a like bad thing. But the reason why, again, like, I'm glad that the movie was out there because it did raise awareness. It's I've seen so many people who are like, I'm researching it now. And I'm like, whatever. And it's like, there, there has to be something like something has to be said about it as ugly mm-hmm. and horrifying mm-hmm. and evil as it is something has to be said and I think this is why sometimes you have to not necessarily consume media that you don't agree with but yeah I think sometimes you have to because in in watching this movie you know there was a lot of controversy but I also know a lot of people who still went and watched it who were liberals who were democrats because they could look above say the organization and who was in charge, but are is the other side willing to do that? If this was a liberal movie that came out with Holly Weird, would conservatives and Christians still have the same, hey, let me still go check this out even if I don't agree with it? You know, would there still have been that? that and I, I don't feel like there there is, because I think a lot of times if it's looked at as liberal or democratic, it's just shut down and nobody wants to to look at it if they don't agree and I think this is why you have to sometimes look at things and read things that aren't necessarily like you know Hitler wrote a book called Mein Kampf it's one of the books that's banned all the time I read it because I wanted to know what is this about what is in here that's so bad you know um Kill a Mockingbird is something that's banned a lot why I'm reading it I want to know why the controversy about this movie what is the issue let me watch it let me see what's going on and and let me take the factual things from this and and what can I learn and other stuff you know you can just kind of kind of discard but you have to be open and honest and willing to have those conversations and willing to have those under uncomfortable conversations and things like that and and for me it rolls right into politics because it's now it's about 
well, what are our legislation and what are our laws doing? Because that's what keeps me up at night. I know that there's bad people out there. You know, I grew up and I was sexually abused when I was a kid. I know that there's pieces of shit out there. What keeps me up is the fact that there's all these other people along the way who are also pieces of shit who don't do anything. So exactly. it's, it's, you know, it's the police officers when a person comes in and they're supposed to be taking your statement and they don't believe you and they don't even write anything down. You know, yeah. I've had that happen to people where they've gone to a police station to report something and they don't even write shit down, you know, or they don't take you seriously and they say, we're not going to, there's not enough evidence here. We're not going to do anything or they don't believe you, you know, or now, you know, you tell your parents and they don't believe you. Now you're ostracized or you talk about your uncle who did something and you still have to go to family reunions with him. You still have to go to Sunday dinners. Um, you know, the the teacher that got accused of something is still still at the school. You know, why? Why aren't we doing things that actually stop people who are the crazy ones from doing this? Why aren't we prosecuting these people? Why are these people in jail forever? Why aren't these people ever getting out? I was just watching some true crime thing and there was a guy who like raped and abducted a child and, and, and killed a child and got out of prison and did it again. And I was like, I don't, there's people who, and, and the person on this show said there's people in jail for weed for their life. And we are letting out people who rape and molest and do things to little kids and that's what keeps me up at night because there's always going to be that evil person out there, but what is everybody else doing? And people talk about, oh, well, the pedophile rings in Hollywood. Where's the police? Where's the district yeah. attorneys? Where are the sheriffs? Yes, there are people who are sick and disgusting. And I really get that. And I could, that's a whole separate issue. But where's everybody else along the way who is supposed to be stopping these things and doing those things? Because there's a lot of other people who are failing. Where are our politicians and our legislators that say that, yeah, know what? If somebody can be in jail for weed for 80 years, then if you touch a kid, you can be in jail for 90. Like, well, you know. especially because factually, abuse, not necessarily child sex abuse, but sexual abuse and sexual crimes have the highest recidivism rate. Recidivism, and that's yep. proven. It's so actually why are we getting probation for three months them. when we rape somebody? Right, right. When it's clearly factually proven. And like, and like, girl, when you were saying, like, you know, liberals who went to see the movie, the movie isn't like, I'm glad liberals want to see it because this isn't a Republican issue. This no, isn't a no, conservative it's not, issue. It's not, but this, I'm just saying. Like a, child, a child predator will come for you whether you are Democrat No, I'm Republican. just saying, Chelsea, I'm not saying that the movie is, but when you like the guy, a lot of people don't like balance. And he said a lot of stuff. Jim Caviezel has said a lot of crazy things that I personally do not agree with at all when it comes to this movie and when it comes to them doing press for this movie. There were things said that are disgusting that I didn't like, but I was willing to rise above that and say, I'm still going to see it. So that's what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily anything in the movie specifically said Republican, specifically said that. I'm not saying that. Well, yeah, but I'm I think talking that people about... should overlook people should overlook that all the time. I feel like I overlook that stuff all the time when I watch movies on Netflix. I'm like, I know like the creator of this movie and I know he is completely against what I believe or what I but I also like, you know, this movie has nothing to do with that. So I'm like yeah. gonna watch the movie. I feel like there's lots of 
you know, things that you can disagree with. But also I think too, like the message in the movie is clear and the um, goal of like what these people are doing is clear and it's to save people that are being trafficked, period. Whether you're conservative or you're whatever or whatever like side of the table Yes, but then when the person who's in the movie is talking about conspiracies like Pizzagate and different things like that, it does make it hard for people to want to go and watch it because they're like, but I also think it's really difficult to dismiss people who talk about Pizzagate or things like that, because I think there is so much thing, like you were just saying, like Hollywood pedophile rings and like nobody doing anything about it. Pe- the survivors who have come forward have been like, hey, guess what? This person did this yeah. to me and they were president of the United States and they're like laughed off. Is that person a liar? Maybe they are. Or maybe they were actually raped by a former president of the United States. Like, it's like nobody does anything because sometimes they're in power or they're being paid by the people in power. And you're right. Sometimes it is a conspiracy theory. But because of the way that, like, no one is going to cover it and that, like, it's no one's going to be like, yeah, this is a bad thing. Like, people in Hollywood, it's like radio silence out there on this movie and it's again it's because like oh so and so said something like during press or whatever nobody's able to come do you know how many douchey things everyone says i feel like in press and i'm not like i'm not a tim ballard worshiper i think what he's done is incredible i'm all about that mission i don't know about him like whatever personally same with jim caviezel i think he's a great actor but like (laughs) but i also think that like it's it's just it's i i can't stand that when somebody's like when it's like an issue that like a Republican or a conservative raises, then all of a sudden it's like an issue, like girl, what's it called? Um, Rolling Stone had such a problem with this movie, but then like the other movies that you see, like, like SVU, we like, I specifically saw in the Rolling Stone article, it was like the audacity, the idiocy that like um, the, the person who plays Tim Ballard would take a victim to get food by himself. Obviously they don't do that. It is yeah. still a movie. And it also yeah. isn't saying every single event is true. Same like in FBU. Like we all know that the cop isn't taking the kid for French fries, but we can yeah. look past it. And nobody's right. raising red flags about SVU because we know it's a show. And it's based right. on true events, but whatever. But like things like that, where I'm like, so the whole movie is a crock of shit, even though it's based off of all these real things that actually happened, documented, filmed, like all these things that actually yeah. happened. Well, and I will you say don't too, like though, the Kelsey, some of the, like with the, look, with the name underground anything okay they could have came up with something different that is gonna why he i actually read why but see this is going to be something but, see, that but I you're feel... not black though but you're not so black. I'm, not allowed you... to, I'm not allowed to say no that that's a no thing. i'm not saying that but i don't think it's gonna twinge you the same way when you hear it and then you see a picture of harriet tugman on her knees in front of this white man carrying a baby. I don't think it's going to do the same thing to you that it's going to do to me. That, I mean, I and I, I, and think, I think that's fair because if you were, thing. if you saw something as a man, you wouldn't react to it the same way a man would. And I think that's okay to say. And I think it's okay for me to say as a black yeah. woman, I would react to something maybe differently than you because I'm black. And right with it, I feel like it just co-ops this whole thing and 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 it might be it's something that white people might have a bias to that's not on purpose it's not malicious or anything so you're you're not going to automatically kind of go to that but i'm sorry hearing that it's called the underground whatever and then seeing that picture girl i was just like why would you do this 
Like, why, if this is such a good thing, why would you even go this way and not just come up with your whole own thing when you already know, like, the history of slavery, the history of the Underground Railroad, the fact that we can't even teach Black history half the time now in these places, and you want to co-opt the name and then have a picture of Miss Tubman on her knees. Like, it, well, he, didn't, it, he also didn't paint that picture, but also, he didn't I, paint when, it. I first, when I first saw it, I was like, I looked at it, I was like, oh, Harriet Tubman's in the front because that was like her thing. And you were like, oh, she's on her knees. Like, like I, I never, but maybe because I'm not black, but I did look at it and I was like, yeah, she's leading the way. Like she did. And that's literally where he, those are his heroes. The, the great abolitionists, um, uh, Frederick Douglass, Harriet Tubman, like those are the people who led the way. And that's like, he was like, this is, they did this 300 years ago and it's still happening today. So like, that's where he came up with it. These are like his heroes. So I guess in my mind, I never looked at it as like, but again, I, maybe I'm not allowed to, I can't do that. Because no, 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 please don't, say. please don't say that. Please don't get like, I don't want you to get defensive or anything. I'm not saying that you're not allowed to say that. What I'm saying is you're going to look at it different. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're not and allowed I, to have I an think, opinion. I, I'm not saying you're not you. allowed to say it. I'm saying you're going to look at you. it different. Because yeah, when black we are people look at were looking at that, we're they were like, different. but I feel like, I feel like in, for me, my husband's not like this. My husband does not agree with this, but for me, I think that intent matters. And I've also been personally in situations where like, I've said something that's offense, offended people. And I'm like, I don't even know how you could have twisted it and forangled it and made it into that to make it yeah. mean that. But you obviously took it that way. And I'm devastated because I absolutely didn't mean it like that. And so I think that that's the thing where I'm looking at it. And I'm like, oh, this is an incredible, like, he's like giving homage. He's like, this is, they started it. And like, we got to end it. Cause like slavery is, I is think even that more. Intent, I think intent does matter, but I'm going to tell, so I'm going to tell you, take it back to my boo, Kim K. Okay. When she first started her like lingerie line with skims, it was called kimono. Okay. Cute name. I thought it was adorable. I'm not Asian. Asians had an issue with it because they felt like it was a uh, use of the word kimono, which is sacred to them, which is something that is meaningful and important to them. She heard the criticism. She took the name down. She changed all the tags on the clothes. Okay. And put it back out because a group of people said, Hey, collectively, this is something that means something to us. Me, Black Girl Amber, saw kimono, cute. Oh my God, I can't wait to buy it. Take my money. They saw it and they were like, mm, just come up with a different name because that's really just too close to something that we hold sacred. Why can't it be seen as the same thing when Black people raise alarms against stuff? Like we all know what the Underground Railroad is. Why? So to me, I look at it as the, like that. I wasn't personally offended by the term kimono. I didn't, my first thought wasn't even anything about it because that's not my culture. But I'm going to listen to the people whose culture that is and take that and say, hey, maybe I don't understand because I'm not Asian. That doesn't offend me. That doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't need to be defensive about it. That doesn't mean I'm stupid. That doesn't mean I'm not allowed to have an opinion. It means I'm not Asian. So like, I don't know. And so I just don't understand why it can't be kind of like, in my head, it's a very similar concept. And so that's what part of the controversy was with him 
is his reaction to the criticism to that the people who are other people who like this movie or people who are supporting their reactions to people's criticisms of that and their very racist reactions to that and his reaction about the picture, you know, and other people's reactions to that. And I think that culminates kind of in a lot of things. So for me, it, in my head, it's like, yeah, I may not understand the nuance of something because I'm not in that culture, but I am empathetic and kind enough to know, like, if this whole group of people is kind of saying, like, dude, can you just maybe tweak this a little bit? You know, who am I to who am I to tell everybody who's Asian that kimono is fine? Because I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I hear that, but I also hear like I can see taking something sacred like kimono and putting it on lingerie and that being offensive. Where this guy is like, I this work is not done. That slaves abolitionists like that started this whole movement. And us looking, he, he's not looking at like, oh, black slaves versus. But how this. do you know like, that though? You're not him. We don't know what his. Because, well, from we everything don't... that I've ever seen him say, all the things that he's doing for slavery worldwide, no matter what. But does that make it better? Does that make it okay just because he feels like he's doing the right thing? She could no, have felt like I, she was but, doing but the right thing. My, but I didn't get to finish my thought. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Kimono. kimono using that for lingerie when it's a sacred thing i can understand why people would be offended but this he's not looking at like black culture versus white culture he's looking at slavery <laughs> which has affected all, so many black people but it's also still affecting every culture you can think of and so i think to him he's like i'm not taking something sacred to you i'm like slavery is but still happening okay, today but that doesn't matter i'm sure that she didn't think that she was doing anything offensive either i'm not saying he's doing something offensive on purpose but at the end of the day it is what it is but and why is it that doesn't i guess that's my thing is like i don't understand why someone who has understanding of slavery would be like it's not okay because harriet tubman was only a pillar for black slaves like he thinks Harriet no, Tubman is a not about for all that. Slavery. It's just about something that is traditionally very American, traditionally in the diaspora of Black American people, to where we still are fighting for our rights today. We are still trying to be able to teach kids Harriet Tubman. We in Florida, you can't even teach about the Underground Railroad. So for this white man to come in and co-op something and use it, and now he can talk about it and it's fine, but we're not even allowed to talk about it. That's the problem. That's the problem. And it's a huge issue. And I don't think it's okay. And whether he's doing something right or not, I'm not taking away from what he's doing. I think what he's doing is so wait, in great. Florida, in Florida, you're not allowed to talk about the underground you can't talk about Harriet Tubman she doesn't exist you can, like, you she's can talk about Harriet Tubman you can talk about and that she things. saved literal slaves talk to your talk to the Stanton I don't I'm not in there making the rules but that's a whole separate this, but that's this, a whole see, separate like, conversation this is, but this is probably and this is probably going to be something which I also have another very very close friend who is African-American and there are certain things that, like you said, I think I'll never see it that way because I'm not a black woman. But I do think that sometimes this stuff ends up separating us more than it ends up uniting us. And then now it's like, you know, like, again, it's like. 
Because I, I feel I like I'm going to say something that's going to be on popular opinion. Because I feel like a lot of times nobody cares about what we say in our opinion at all because we're the small percent of the population. So we don't matter. Because basically it's like, okay, well, this guy came up with it and because he thinks it's okay, then it's fine. It doesn't matter what you guys think. And that's how it's being taken. And that's how I feel like being Black in America is like 80% of the time. Nobody takes what we say seriously. Nobody's willing to change anything because it hurts our feelings because they don't care because we're only 12% of the population. So just because he came up with this, he used it and he thinks it's right, it doesn't matter how the rest of us feel about it. I guess I, I guess, and I think that's what I'm saying. I guess that's the thing I'll never understand because in my mind, I'm like, he's looking at a black woman as a hero He's trying to continue the work that slavery is still happening today. But if today, she was a hero, why wasn't she walking beside him? Why was she kneeling down and uh, uh, next to him? Well, see, and I, but I think that comes to interpretation. I looked at it as she's she was in the front. She was in the front. There's all these people. She's in the front. She's lighting the. She's the one holding the lantern. She's hiding the way. So I like when I was like I didn't even realize. But again, is that my bias? I don't know. To me, I thought I was like, and and it made sense to me that she's leading the way when she's one of his great heroes. But leading the way like, to me means that you're in the front and you're walking and you're leading the way. She was on her knees on the side. That's not leading the way. In the front. Like, in the front. Yeah, in the front of the painting. Like yeah. lighting the way. On the but side. I mean, in the, in the, in, like over here, white man here. Okay, in the front, she's like over here. Like, but there was also... <laughs> But the white man, like, is not, it's not like, oh, I'm leading the way because I'm white. It's like, I'm leading the way because I'm leading this new organization. And he was surrounded by abolitionists and people who were fighting slavery all the way through. Abraham Lincoln was in there, too. And it, he actually, I didn't even know this, but Abraham Lincoln lost sight of this, the whole, when the war was happening, he completely lost sight. He was like, now it's just North against South. And then. Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman were actually the ones who convinced him that they were like, no, this isn't about you know North what South. Abraham Lincoln also said? He said, I don't actually believe that Black people are as smart as white people. I just think that, like, they shouldn't be treated like this. So maybe we should. He also wanted to send us back to Africa, Chelsea. So there's a, so, like, you want to get into it? We'll get into it, girl, because that man, okay? <laughs> well, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, condoning him. I'm just saying that, like, they were like these people were actually the people who were like hey don't yeah. lose focus don't lose direction these people are enslaved that's what this is all about we have to well because frederick douglas is one of the people who was like we can't send everybody back to africa sir that's not like how yeah. is that gonna work well that's like work. and in, in essence like the damage is done like you already took them from africa this isn't the first generation you're not taking people back to their homes yeah. you're taking but this is a whole nother whole nother thing or whatever yeah, but i'm situation. just saying that for for me, and, you know, and I can't speak for all Black people, but it's it's so frustrating and hurtful when every day I feel like we're really trying to justify to everybody us just being here. And it seems like it doesn't matter what we hold sacred to us. You know, white people can just come use it because their intent is fine, you know, and whether that's the whether that's how they mean it or not that's how it feels and that's how it is taken especially because teaching black history is so under attack right now not just in florida there's other states too that took away apa 
African-American studies and different things, like they're effectively telling people in history books that, well, you know, slaves learned some good things and they learned good trades and good skills being slaves. That's what our kids are being taught in school right now. So when we're up against that, and then you have something else where it's like, just use something else, dude. That's all we're asking. Use something else. Maybe don't hang the picture in your office or whatever. And then we can just move on. But why hold on to something so hard when you know that it's hurting other people? You know, so we'll we'll move on from from that. But yeah, but no, I do. But I do just want to say, like, I hate that you feel that way. And I hate that I can like. I feel like I hear what you're saying and I feel like I understand it, but then I'm also kind of like, but this isn't about that. But I think that's where the issue is. It's like, this isn't about that to me, but this is about that to you where I'm like, this isn't about taking something from the, from black people. This is about like focusing and like finishing the work that she started. But like, so it, it is, I just, I just want to say that I hate that you feel that way. And I hate that, like a view that I have makes you feel that way. Especially when I'm like, she's like, she's a hero. She's being lifted up as a hero. We're continuing the work, but then it turns into like, no, it's offensive. And it's just like, that sucks. I hate that. But I mean, I hear you. Like, I don't think, like you said, like, I won't get it because I'm not black. And I guess like, I, I don't know, like, but I feel like I would have fought just as hard to end black slavery as I'm trying to work as hard. But nobody's saying, end. but nobody's saying that I know, part. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm saying personally, I'm saying on a personal yeah. level, I just hate that, like, that's the way that it's taken when I feel like I can totally see what he's saying, but I don't know. And then it's like, I, mean, but yeah, then it's I like, get it. I can see what he's saying too. I get it. I understand freedom. Underground Railroad, boom, something very American, specifically every all Americans, something we all know about, a word we've all heard. Harriet Tubman is a hero. Right. I, I I totally get it. I just think that he should just use something else. Like I it's simple to me, like cool. Just <laughs> but I think for me is like, so what do we do now? So after so what do you want to tell people after we've watched this movie, after we've talked about it, you know, after you've given such startling numbers? <clears throat> and I really do want, I know me and Chelsea talk a lot about going and looking things up and deep diving, but if you guys look up the numbers of child sex trafficking, sex rape, molestation, the kids going missing after foster care, the number of kids we have currently in group homes, the number of trafficking victims, that is just a number because there's no way of really even knowing um, knowing this. And then when you watch something like that and you walk away and I think you do feel a little bit hopeless, right? You feel like the situation is so big. How do we, what do we do now? Like after I watch this movie, what do we go do? How can we go help? Like what can our listeners kind of like take away from this? There's two things that I specifically have been proactive about, but again, I don't want to like use politics, but make it fashion to like speak for no, no, no. Go ahead. Organization. That's what, that's what we're here for. But but one of the organizations that I've reached out to, kind of figure out where do we go from here, and it's like and I love this, I love and it's this. literally <laughs> taking over my life. And they sent me. <laughs> 
so much information, but one of the things that I can would you recommend- share, can you take pictures of it? Like, is, are you able, did you have to sign Some NDA or something? Not all of it, no, no, but no. like just, no, uh, no. yeah, no, I didn't sign- like the package. No, no, no. It's, it's basically a ton of facts. It's basically like how it happens, where it happens, different types of trafficking and like goes into depth with that. But one of the things that I did was kind of like, this is something that's been heavy on my heart for a long time, for years, years and years and years and years. It's something that's affected me that I've thought about. Um, but I like me, like I'm sure a lot of other people, I'm kind of like, this makes me sick to my stomach, but what do I even do? Like, I don't even know what to do about it or like where to go or whatever. So I know something specifically I started to do was if I had like what I would like bonus at work, I would give money to this organization that helps survivors. Um, It's specifically like set up to help get survivors the help that they need. And it is like 24 seven care um, and establishment. But I also was like, I want to do more than that. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually currently in the midst of figuring out what that looks like, but um, spoiler alert, I'm probably going back to school, Yeah, but, um, but that, but that's, and it is, it is actually with Operation Underground Railroad. Um, I would just like to say that I am making Chelsea go back to school. <laughs> yeah. Amber is making me go back to school, but, um, I actually don't have the number here, but they have been since 2020, since January, 2023, I believe it's something like 400 operations that they have been, that have helped extract children and minors out of slavery in all different kind of facets, most of which, unfortunately, especially in the United States is sexual slavery. Um, so I'm kind of like, what do I do? How do I help you? How do I partner? And then also to make sure that you research, I literally had to stalk someone's life until I could get someone like on the actual phone. Um, cause I'm like, I also don't want to be raising money for survivors and, and like, 30% of it's going You're to going like, to, yes. Yeah. Your bonus. Like I really, right. and again, I, so growing up evangelical or Christian, whatever, there's a lot of pastors who like their whole full-time job is pastoring. Mm-hmm. They, they're not getting a paycheck for that. So a lot of times the church will support the pastor, whatever it's very, well, not always, but sometimes it's very <laughs> like, um, structured, whatever. He's mm-hmm. not like, whatever. Um, so I understand that. I understand that right. people who are volunteering and are living their lives, like giving their lives to this, they're not making 50 right. grand. So what Chelsea, what Chelsea is talking about is if you guys um, have the opportunity to look up any charity organizations you give, even ones that your job does, well, they'll take money directly out of your paycheck because that's what I did when I was in the Navy. I would do like 10% would go to um, different organizations. Well, if you look them up, things like the American Red Cross, um, and you'll see how much percentage of the money is actually going to emergencies and some of these is less than two percent it's one percent and like 80 90 percent of all the money being given is going to the ceos and the people in charge and bonuses so that's what my my husband used to do my husband used to do the same thing and then he read he happened to come across an article where the ceo of this charity bonused 1.5 1.5 million dollars so if you're bonusing typically a bonus yeah. will be a percentage of what you make if you're bonusing 1.5 million dollars that means that your base is 
way higher than that. Right. So, right. and anyway, I only but, happened to find out that kind of offhand, kind of like he did, it was during the hurricanes in Haiti. Somebody had said something and I heard it and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, and so. that's exactly so that's something that I was specifically like, I have no problem sending money knowing that like some of it will go to survivors and some of it will go to like help these people to continue to right. save survive, help survivors get people out of that situation, that hellhole. But then I also was like, I want to do fundraisers for the survivors and I want to make sure a hundred percent of all proceeds go to the survivors. And it's something like when you do that, it's something like 99.5% of the proceeds go. The other percentages goes to kind of like the office to like Mm -hmm. mail this and mail. Yeah. And like different bank transfers and stuff like that. But it's like the vast majority, I think it's like 99.2% goes to the survivors. So that's something that I'm working on right now is learning how to, Um, host a fundraiser to raise awareness number one first and foremost so not to raise awareness because it's trendy or sexy or like what everyone's doing but to raise awareness to hopefully (laughs) there's an episode of um american dad where the charity was called raising awareness like it wasn't exactly because it's like like, what are you what are you doing we're raising awareness for raising awareness like yes (laughs) but like to actually like again like this is something that I'm passionate about, but I also want to make it clear, like when I'm passionate about it, I don't want to come on here and talk about 2 million pieces of sexual child abuse material and also something like 70 million child sex abuse materials in the United States worldwide and 78% of those files are children under 12. Like, I don't want to talk about that. That's horrific. It makes me sick to my stomach, but we talk about it so that people can know like yeah. this is a nightmare this is a bad movie yeah. but it's like actually happening also a lot globally. of that stuff people have it on their work computers just just so you guys know just any bosses out there hr people you know. i hope that they're fired but um so so all that to say like that's something that i'm learning how to do is host these fundraisers to raise funds for survivors and then also to get awareness out so also to in these in these events that we're hosting, I'm also hoping to have opportunities to speak to people about like, please don't get it twisted that this is happening in Bogota, Colombia only. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 please check your child's Instagram. Please check your child's Snapchat because this is truly an epidemic of like mm-hmm. the sickest kind, and it's happening in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, just like it's happening in Columbia. It's happening in Scranton, Pennsylvania, just like it's happening in Columbia. And it's never your kids, but it could always be your kids. So to raise awareness at like a global understanding, but also to of like a personal effect and like to like, I forget what it is, but this is basically when people abuse kids, it's typically a learned behavior. It's very Mm -hmm. rarely people just start to like attack children. So you think about that, like these pedophiles some of them most of them were things happened to them as well they were abused and now it's perpetuating and it's growing and it's festering and now kids all over the world like this is what we're dealing with so like to raise awareness and hopefully stop it before it happens to somebody else and 
all of that. Something else you can do is look up the spear fund. One thing I want to make sure that I'm also clear about for myself personally is to know this is research that I'm doing. This is something I'm working on. I'm still learning. I'm trying to figure out how to research. I'm not the poster child for OUR. I'm not like everything I do, I love and everything. But when it comes to saving kids, I'm here for it. So in that sense, but please do your own research and you can definitely find um, other um, organizations that work again in this fight. These are two of the ones that I'm going to talk about are the ones that I've seen doing the most and also like the most above board when it comes to finances and how mm-hmm. much is actually going to. Yeah. Um, but also another organization is the Spear Fund. Again, I am not the poster child for the Spear Fund. Um, Tim Ballard. I've never even of- heard of that. What is it? So Tim Ballard actually started working with them and I think it's brought attention to them. Um, basically, it's a fund. They'll get information that there is a um, slavery situation and what they do is they fund the organization to extract the victim and put them in support systems so like um what's it called like therapy and all of that medical because a lot of times these people need a lot of medical attention um so the spear fund that's what it does it's like they don't work with any specific person like like we hear about this we get intel we look it up we work with officers and we send in extra feet on the ground or if there's different places all over the world where they don't have any budget to go in and extract a child even if it's happening so the spear fund will literally find out they do all the research intel and then they send their own people to extract these kids and get them the help that they need and it's like all over the world. So he's basically helping them raise money to just do different operations to get people out. Um, so he's not like work. He's not like a part of them. He doesn't like make money, but I think he's just like actually being one of the extractors or yeah. working some of his teams to extract people out of um, slavery. For example, one thing that they're literally working on right now in Africa is it's an organ harvesting center. Mm-hmm. So they took children, they, exploit them sexually they rape them they impregnate them on person and on purpose the baby is born baby gets to a certain age they might use the baby for rape and then also they'll use the baby for organs and then when the when the mom is yeah when the mom is like no good anymore or if she's like not doing well because they're not getting proper proper medical care they'll take her organs so it's like a whole literal hellhole of stealing organs yeah, I think there, there's a great documentary out there. It might be on Vice about organ harvesting. That is, y'all. Ooh. Ooh. And I think, and it, I think and that's I mean, another thing. Basically, if you have enough money, you can buy whatever you need. That's what I was going to say. I feel like a lot of times, like, I, I'd never heard of that. Like, I had heard of, like, I'd seen, like, crazy shows where they were, like, stealing people and selling. Yeah. But, like, that was a crazy show to me. I didn't realize because I'm very lower class, like lower middle class. I didn't realize that like, oh no, like there's people who aren't going to wait on a transplant list because they're a billionaire. So they're going to get their organ somehow. They want that heart somehow. They need that lung somehow. So it's like, that's what they're doing. Or even I found that what they do is they'll just pay people for it. So like I could pay you for your kidney and then you would voluntarily give it to me. But I'm kind of like, I'm paying you, but also kind of like holding you ransom for that because I know you need, you know, you're homeless. 
or your, you know, your kids need whatever. So I'm paying you for it. It is a transactional thing, but it's not really voluntary. And that's what a lot of that is to where they'll say people are signing up or signing their kids up or willingly giving their kids over because they're thinking like, okay, well, we're going to get $50,000. My kid's going to be healthy and fine. They're just going to only have one kidney. Sadly, that's just not, <laughs> that's not how ends up going but that's how people are led to believe in these things so kind of a loophole they do is to where it's not forced quote unquote because they are it is voluntary but that is definitely part of it and there is a really really big um need for that for organs for different things i mean you know there there's that one guy who was taking um black women's like blood and stem cells and stuff to make himself younger P peter nygaard was that peter nygaard yeah and stuff girl it's a, a mess out here yeah he was taking women from like the caribbean girl it was a whole thing that's horrifying yeah <laughs> but that's that's actually something that they're literally working on right now and i know that like i was looking into it I was researching organ harvesting and it rocked my world so um that is I believe it's the spear fund all one word dot org so look into that and then also um our rescue.org o-u-r-r-e-s-c-u-e.org um those are two organizations and there's like a lot of little ones the the smaller ones are a lot harder to find information on mm -hmm. um like what specific like we understand that you're like standing against trafficking but like what specifically are you doing so that's why i'm using two of those um organizations you may or may not have heard of um the one is affiliated with the movie and again it's because it's a lot easier to like find information right because i was it. trying to kind of find some here as well when we were talking and like that you can find them in roundabout ways or places that help trafficking victims or survivors but not necessarily who do the whole work or really like what what they even do so you may find a shelter in your area who supports trafficking victims and women and different things exactly but they might not all of their that's not their main job or like their right. main their main focus yeah i can't remember it but there was a name of one i was looking into and like i like it took me forever but i basically found out that what they do is post on instagram like different facts different statistics to oh, raise yeah. awareness but that's all they do. Like they have nothing to do with, but they were like, they raise awareness donations. Like they were accepting <laughs> donations for it. And I was like, Oh, so you just like post pictures on like, I mean, I'm not trying to like throw anybody under the bus because I personally feel like I can post pictures on the internet for free, but you know, either way, all I'm saying is those are the two that again, I don't know that they're perfect. I don't know that the founders are perfect. I do know that there is a trail so you can see where your money is yeah. going, how it's being used. And they're also extremely honest about like, okay, so one of the things they said, like when you donate to OUR, like specifically, if you just like to like their organization, 70% of every donation that they get goes to survivors. 30% yeah. goes to taking like yeah. facilitating. And I don't think people mind, like people understand people need to get yeah. paid. People got to, yeah. you know, you right. got to buy paper. And, you but know, a lot eight. of a lot of these things, like they don't offer numbers, like mm -hmm. like the United Way or like Red Cross, and then you have to go looking and you realize you're like, oh, so why is this so complicated? So eighty five percent of all proceeds 
are un- unaccounted for and 15% go to survive. Like, it's crazy. It's so not, it's that's probably something... not even 15%. So. Right. So it's like, that's something that I can get behind. So with that knowledge, with what I'm working with, with what they've sent me to like really study up and become aware on, um, that's what I would definitely recommend. I always will always say, do your research. Guys, and we're I, new merch coming out, raising awareness. Raising <laughs> awareness, foundation for raising awareness. Um, and then that's something too. So Amber said in the beginning that this is my last episode. And that is the reason why I feel like I've talked on here a thousand times about like my 97 jobs and I'm always doing this and I'm always doing that. I have pulled way back on everything that I'm doing because I am looking into becoming a trauma counselor for survivors of human trafficking, um, which is a long road, which I feel I'm already a little like, that's so funny that you're going to be a trauma counselor and I'm a social worker because I, because at the end of the day, we need a new podcast now. We need like, okay. <laughs> when I finish school, I'll do it. so anyway, that's something that I'm like looking into. That's whatever. So that's why I'm pulling back. Where am I going? I'm going to, to school. I'm going to hit the books right now. I haven't even gotten that far. I'm really just looking into like how, what I can do right now, but I know that ultimately I want this to be what I do full time, like 100%. Um, I think this is the best possible way I could ever spend my time, my resources, my mind, my support, uh, my ears, everything. So that is something that I've decided to step back from a lot of different things. Unfortunately, one of them is the podcast. While I figure that out, while I try to raise funds and, but I will definitely be... (laughs) This is not the last you heard from me. Okay. So don't even think you're getting off that easy because I'll be back. Period. But that's wrong. Yes. So I definitely, so those- um, you know, one of the reasons we I started this podcast and we started is because I wanted to raise awareness and I wanted this to be a platform for us to talk about different issues and things and stuff that was important to me, you, motherhood, politics, all of that. But we also found that there was so much stuff that people just didn't know, that people weren't aware of, um, whether it was news issues, stupid pop culture stuff, whatever it was that people just didn't know. So in a, you know, we joke around and stuff like that, but this is definitely a platform to be informative and to inform people. And that's why I really want it to start it. So it, it definitely can always be a platform for you to use, Chelsea. For you to come on here and for you to talk about the things that you're doing as well. And if anybody, you know, has any ideas of where she could go to become a trauma counselor, any online programs or schools and stuff, um, I would offer my school because it's an amazing social work program, the best in the Northeast, but they don't have a big online program and stuff. So if any of our listeners out there could definitely um, give us some some info about that but yeah so the the podcast format will be changing up for season three you guys will be getting a lot of this over here okay and um (laughs) but we will be back soon and honestly guys this is gonna be our one-year anniversary of politics but make it fashion coming up for september so we will have chelsea on for a you know anniversary episode and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I want to do something for our, our anniversary, like you know, yeah, I don't know. I, like happy anniversary to us, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Definitely need some prosecco. 
um, some frozen grapes, prosecco, <laughs> a nice cheese board. Um, Stop. That's my last meal. Like that's what I'm, I'm, that's I'm what saying. I'm... That's what I'm saying. So, but um, Chelsea, is there anything else that you would like to add before we go? I would just like to reiterate, and I feel like we do a decent job communicating this, but if we haven't, at least this episode, I feel like it's there. A lot of times we come on here and we talk about stuff and we try to find the answers and the facts and all of this, that, and the the third. But like Amber said, I hope that everyone who does listen to this and consumes this also takes it and does something about it, especially if it bothers you, especially if it's something that you think about randomly or whatever the case might be. Please, we we don't just do it to raise awareness. We want to raise awareness, but we want to raise awareness because we want to, again, effectuate change. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole point. And so there's so many things that I feel like we talk about all the time that we're like, if this could be fixed or if this could be met or if this could be reached, then like we would all be in a better place. So if I could leave you with anything, it would just be to be proactive, to don't be just an American consumer. Yeah. Definitely see what you can do. I know we're all busy. There are ways, like nobody could ever tell me that I had time for anything. And like, we make time for the things that matter. So I feel like you be encouraged. And if you don't know what you're doing, try to take, like literally take my example (laughs) Um, not because it's great, but just because like, I don't know what to do, but I'm trying. We both and just I'm wing it, guys. It we, we wing it. We we're get winging an idea it. We're trying. And we, and, and we go for it. <laughs> but I feel like that's how change is made when you make the move. And like, you know how they say energy attracts energy, energy begets energy. So if you make a move on something we've talked about or something that's near and dear to you, just make the move. You can absolutely, this is going to sound cheesy, but I mean it. You can absolutely make a difference in some ways that you probably don't even, would never even think are possible, but. Right. make a move right. make a yeah. move and we will be keeping you informed i'll be keeping you informed about what chelsea's doing um, one thing we did talk about that i just wanted to talk about really quick is we're going to be coming up with something for the holidays to do um as far as helping survivors of trafficking um we're not sure yet which angle we're gonna do but um me and jacqueline my daughter normally for thanksgiving we would go deliver meals or do um we make christmas baskets for people who are in rehab facilities so um we do a lot of stuff on our end and i really want this year to do something specifically for trafficking victims so we'll be coming to you guys with what we're going to figure out to do for that for the holidays and you know i just want to say um uh Girl, it's okay. I already cried too. Oh, God. It has truly been a pleasure. And it always will be. Yes. Because you know we're still going to have these same conversations, just not recorded. (laughs) Via Marco, via text, via whatever. But no. We Marco each other and we like talk for like an hour on this. (laughs) All day, every day. But we, but no, the pleasure is all mine. So thank you so much, Chelsea, for making this a wonderful two seasons of Politics But Make It Fashion. And stay tuned, guys, for season three. Ignore all of this. Okay. No, don't ignore Uh, it. We love it. (laughs) You guys can find us on Facebook. We have a new Facebook page. So it's Politics But Make It Fashion on Facebook and on Instagram, Politics But Make It Fashion 1. And on TikTok, Politics But Make It Fashion 
So please give us a like and subscribe and we will chat soon. Bye.